time now for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by historian extraordinaire Scott Washington to catch us up on uh, This Week in History. Good morning. Good How are morning, you? Good morning, Aaron. Well, this is a great week in history. Of course, it is December 1st, so happy December. Happy December. I know. Rabbit, and, rabbit. Okay. <laughs> we, we were getting into the holiday season with gusto uh, this year, but there's something that happened uh, at the end of last month, November 29th, uh, that has a local connection but has really uh, universal significance. And it's about something that happened on November 29th, 1961. A spacecraft lifted into space, and of course the news is filled with you know all the new developments and there's an unmanned spacecraft uh, going to the moon right now. Okay, we've seen all these wonderful developments. Well, none of it would have happened, perhaps, as the way it did, except for for one extraordinary uh, uh, creature, which whose name was Enos the Chimp. Now, if you know of Eno River, this he was not named after that. Okay, uh, he was. That is fired. not the local connection. <laughs> no, that is not the local connection. But there is a Museum of Life and Science, and you can actually see his space capsule. And the reason why it's important is Oh, that's right. Happening. Yeah, that is, is there, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is one of the most interesting things. Now, we know it's overshadowed by John Glenn going up in uh, early 1962, circled the Earth, but it wouldn't have happened except for what happened to Enos. And it wasn't exactly what was planned. Enos was uh, uh, selected as this chimp. Um, he was five years old. He was very calm. He went through the test, went through over a thousand hours of space flight tra uh, training. And unlike Ham, which was another chimp uh, that went up uh, but didn't do anything, he actually was supposed to do some things, pull some levers, because they wanted to find out, okay, if we're going to send a person into space, let's see if uh, they aren't affected by space travel, what's right. going to happen. So they subjected to, uh, him to all this training. He goes into space, and he's supposed to go three times around, and it was operant conditioning. You know, you see a symbol. It was either a circle, a triangle, or square, and you pull a certain lever, and you get a reward. Right. Very simple. If you don't get the right one, though, it would, they would give you a small shock in your foot. Okay, that would be enough for most of us to go, all right, I'm going to get this right. So it goes into space, and... It comes up. I hear that's what Jeff Bezos is also <laughs> doing with all that. <laughs> Maybe that's a flight train. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that is, but uh, he goes up into space, and Enos goes up into space, and the the equipment starts to malfunction. Now, uh, what happens is he sees a symbol, and he pulls the middle lever, except the middle lever is broken, and it's the right one, except the machine doesn't register him pulling the right lever and gives him a shock, hmm. and gives him a shock. And they he gets like over 30 shocks this first time around. Now at this point, the flight uh, simulator, it, it steadies back, and they reset it, and they said, let's try it again. The next time, it malfunctions again. He gets like 40 shocks. At this point, they're saying if something is terribly wrong, bring it back to Earth, even though it's not going to go in the same location. And they do, except it's like three hours until they can get to him. Uh, they do, and when they get there, he's torn off every electrode. He's torn off everything that would monitor, because he's so ticked off, as any of us would be. Right. Now, the reason why I say this is so important is because when NASA looked at this and said, good heavens, if a chimp could do this and persevere despite 
having all of this uh, shock and continue to operate correctly um, and then be totally pissed off when he gets back to Earth, that's totally understandable. Yeah, we can send a human into space because uh, Enos uh, has demonstrated you can function even despite uh, terrible things happening. Wow. Isn't that a something? Yeah. So, you know, we uh, I'm not sure if, if everything had gone smoothly, uh, then John Glenn would have been next. But this was saying something different. Was this saying, is not the way they would do this today, I would imagine. Oh, no. Well, you know, kudos Hopefully. to people saying we've got to cut this short. Something right. is terribly wrong. Um, but, you know, kudos to Enos. And you can go to the Museum of Life and Science and see uh, that original capsule uh, on loan from the wow. National Aeronautics uh, uh, museum in uh, Washington, D.C., and it's there. It's 62 years ago uh, that occurred. So awesome. that's one of the interesting things that happened uh, this week. Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, History Matters. Unfortunately, we've only got time for like two more things. Okay, so perfect. Excellent. Got... All right. Uh, well, this one is a fellow uh, that, you know, if you've ever enjoyed a nice warm biscuit, one of the things you always know is its uniform size. Well, you can thank a fellow named Alexander Ashbourne. Uh, who we don't know a lot about. He was uh, born into slavery, it looks like, uh, in uh, Pennsylvania in the early 19th century. Um, and then when Pennsylvania had a law that uh, freed all the enslaved people, he did too. He took up catering. Um, and then in the 1860s, uh, he was a well-known caterer. And he noticed something about biscuits, they were all being done by hand. Right. And so he devised a machine that was like spring-loaded that you could press into uh, the... It's like a big thing of big, dough. That's right. Yeah. And it would have the same shape and got a patent for it. So, you know, if you enjoy a biscuit wherever you get it, you can say, well, in part, this is because of Alexander Ashbourne. But if that was all, that would be enough. But he did one other thing. He got really interested in coconut oil and actually is the person responsible for why we have coconut oil used because he found a way to refine it, develop oh, wow. it, and got a patent for that nice. too. So isn't that interesting? I, right. I, I think that was one of the more interesting people uh, that we know. Um, and then, of course, uh, today um, is December 1st, and it's this day in 1955 when Rosa Parks, yep. um, of course, uh, kept sitting on a bus. But the backstory about this is I had never known until I researched it a little bit more. And that is, yes, she was a seamstress. Um, she was uh, in her early 40s when this occurred, but it wasn't the first time that um, she'd had issues with the bus. Uh, in fact, in Montgomery, Alabama, she was on board the bus in 1943, according to uh, the records the people have found out about this, and this bus driver said, no, no, you need to move to the, the colored section of the bus in the back, um, and you'll need to actually uh, ex enter by that door. So she exits the bus to go to the back, and the bus driver drives off. Mm. All right. Now, 12 years later, she's on board the bus. It's the same bus driver. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. What are the coincidences of this? And... Um, so when uh, the, the bus driver asks her to, tells her to move to the back, she just said, no, I'm not going to do that. And she mm -hmm. moves over to the window, but that what's, that's what uh, precipitates this whole uh, Montgomery bus boycott as she's arrested. 
uh, for that. And uh, Martin Luther King, of course, takes up the leadership. And we have this resurgence of a civil rights movement because a woman who stood up for civil rights uh, by sitting down. And I love a quote that I came across of hers. And she said, you must never be fearful about what you are doing when it is right. And that I says like something about character, integrity, and something about why we do this program. And that's why history matters. Scott Washington, as always, thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron.